0: Um, the ladies. No, nope. yes, the ladies have a bake sale coming um, this Sunday um, after the morning service, the fifteenth of May. Um, all contributions are welcome um, to uh, to assist in that. Um, and the ladies have a lunch coming, uh, not this Saturday, but the Saturday after. After uh, there are some flyers being handed around. Um, on the 21st of May, uh, at 12pm, there has been a time change from what was previously announced uh, to make sure that uh, the music uh, practice does not clash. Um, there are details on the flyer. Um, the cost will be whatever you decide to order from the menu. Um, so, um, And you need to RSVP to Sister Natalie by next Sunday, 15th of May. i was not scheduled to preach this morning um sister katarina was scheduled to preach um the, the mother's day service message um but um because she has come down with covid over the last week um i have been asked to take her place um And I'm very thankful to the Lord that her symptoms appear to be quite mild, from what I understand. So, um, thank you, Lord, for that. We're very appreciative of his goodness um, to us. So, I do not have a a particular Mother's Day message this morning, um, but um, I'm going to give what the Lord gave to me, it has been confirmed by the interpretation of the tongue this morning in a very big way so let's allow the Lord to do what he wants to do in our lives this morning Um, I know that he wants to do a work in some people's lives this morning as imperfect human beings um, we are no strangers to making mistakes Um, in many ways how we learn is by making mistakes, and we learn the right way to do it by doing it the wrong way first. But we get to a certain point in our life where we should know better, um, but yet we still make mistakes because we're imperfect, because we still have a will, we still have the ability to make mistakes, even if we think we're doing it for the right reasons. Sometimes there's an undercurrent where we do things for the wrong the right things for the wrong reasons. And there are many examples of people in the Bible who made some huge mistakes and had great impacts on their lives. But the message this morning is that you are not defined by your biggest mistakes. You are not defined by your biggest mistakes. David who became King David, was just a shepherd boy. And God lifted him up into a place of power and gave him many incredible victories along the way. But David made some incredibly bad mistakes. He saw a lady bathing, and then one thing led to another, which led him to commit sin with her and to kill her husband. That's not a small mistake. That's huge mistakes. And God came to him in judgment because of those mistakes. Later on in his life, he also numbered the people of Israel, which was something that God did not want to be done. And also God pronounced judgment because of that. But David's lasting legacy is not his biggest mistakes. He is not defined by those mistakes. He came to God in repentance and God forgave him for those mistakes. His, uh, his reign is, is, is scattered with victory after victory after victory uh, over the enemies of Israel. And for what was probably the first time in hundreds of years, there was a peace in all of the nations around because of the victories that God used David to win for Israel. There is a reason why David is called a man after God's own heart. You see, he is not defined by his mistakes. He made some huge mistakes, but he came back to God straight afterwards. When he realized what he had done, he came to God. And God was able to use him again. Jonah is is another example. He is very well remembered for being swallowed up by the big fish because he ran in the completely the opposite direction from what God asked him to do. He decided he wasn't going to have anything to do with what God wanted him to do, and so he ran in the opposite direction. But God dealt with him. Well, he was in that belly of the big fish, certainly a lot of time to do some very internal um, um um, consideration about where he was and, and where he was going. And God used him to deliver a wicked nation from judgment. They repented. An entire nation repented because Jonah allowed himself to be used of God after his big mistake. He was also very unmerciful about it he was hoping that the Ninevites would still get punished but he's not defined by his mistakes he's defined by what he allowed God to do in his life the apostle Peter didn't make just one mistake through his time he was very headstrong he was ready to go in and, and do battle he was ready um, to to be the the biggest and the best but He made mistakes. He rebuked Jesus for saying that he was going to to die. And Jesus rebuked him as though he was Satan. He also attacked the high priest's servant at the time when Jesus was taken prisoner and then ran away. This was not the warrior that Peter thought he was. And then to add to that, he denied Jesus three times that he knew him, that he had anything to do with him. And Peter was not in a good place. But because he humbled himself, because he allowed Jesus to speak to him, when Jesus rose from the dead, he... He he came walking on the water and he specifically spoke to Peter. And Peter had repented. Peter was in a better place. And then it was Peter who stood up on the day of Pentecost. It was Peter who God used to speak to the nations around. They were gathered there after he had poured out the Holy Spirit. It was Peter who was chosen by God to give the the, the the message of the church to the Gentiles first. Peter is not defined by his biggest mistakes, even though they were incredibly bad. But he is defined by what he did with those mistakes, how he responded, how he reacted to those mistakes. Did he give up? Did he walk away? Did he kill himself like... Um, like Judas did, no, but he let God work in his life and something incredibly powerful came from his obedience and his willingness to not give up and to keep moving forward. First John chapter 1 and verse 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Each of our three examples, David, Jonah, and Peter, made huge mistakes. But they did not let their mistakes define who they were or cause them to give up. They all came to a point of repentance. They acknowledged their mistakes. They made it right with God. And then they got up and followed God again to the best of their ability. They were still deeply flawed men. That did not change. But there is a reason why David is called a man after God's own heart. There is a reason why Jonah was used to bring salvation to an entire nation of godless people. There is a reason why Peter was the one who got up and preached on the day of Pentecost. And there is a reason why Peter was chosen to take the message of the gospel to the Gentiles first. Yes, they were deeply flawed human beings. They had faults and failings Just. Like we all do ourselves in different areas. They made huge mistakes, but they did not let their mistakes define them. To say who they were, they didn't give up, they didn't walk away. They came back stronger for what they had gone through, not weaker. There are many examples of people in the Bible who let their mistakes define them. One striking example is King Saul. He made some huge mistakes. Saul took the place of a priest of Samuel and offered sacrifices that were only for the priest to offer. God afterwards told Saul to kill all of the Amalekites but he only partially followed God's commands. And as a result of them the kingdom was torn from him and given to David. But I wonder what Saul's outcome would have been if he had just humbled himself. I don't remember reading anywhere that Saul was sorry for any of his mistakes. He just seemed to, to take it as, as being, okay, well, that's what's going to happen. He allowed his pride and his self-importance to stop him from humbling himself before God. We could have been reading in our Bibles of the great king Saul and his son Jonathan, the great king himself, and their kingling line from generation to generation to generation. But instead we read of a man who descended into darkness, was troubled by an evil spirit of God, who tried to kill David, righteous David again and again and again, who brought death and destruction to his entire family, all because of his reaction, how he responded after he had made his mistakes. Were Saul's mistakes greater than David's? I'm not sure, but he did not humble himself. He did not allow himself to come back to God and repent of his mistakes. Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 25, God is pleading with Israel. To whom then will you liken me or shall I be equal, says the Holy One. He's saying there's no one like me. Lift up your eyes on high and behold who has created these things that brings out their host by number. He calls them all by names, by the greatness of his mind, for he, for that he is strong in power, not one faileth. Why say you, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel? My way is hid from the Lord, and my judgment is passed over from my God. He's saying, you know, these things, you know, God doesn't look on us anymore. He, he's, he, he's not, we are, we're not able to plead our way, we're, we're not able to get back to God. Have you not known, have you not heard that the everlasting God The Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, faints not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. God is not too tired that he will not reach out to you. God is not too tired that he's just going to leave you alone and say, oh, I, I can't deal with this anymore. No, God reaches out to us in our lowest and darkest points. He gives power to the faint. And to them that has no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary and the young men shall utterly fall. But I thank the Lord for the but in the Scripture. But they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. doesn't matter what situation you find yourself in. If you put your trust in the Lord that He is going to lift you up. That is a promise to us today. It doesn't matter how dark the darkness seems. It doesn't matter how far away from God you feel, He is still reaching out to us and wants us to know that He has got it in control. There is a waiting, there is a trusting, there is a renewing for God's people who will stand through the trial who refuse to let themselves be overcome and put their entire trust in Jesus alone. They refuse to let themselves be defined by their trial, their circumstances, their mistakes, even their sin. There is a promise of deliverance, a promise of renewing, a promise of soaring above what held them bound and captive, just like an eagle. God's power is not limited. The only place God's power can be limited is in our minds. If we don't believe, he can do it. But I'm here to tell you that he can. And that he will. The trials we go through are not always of our own making either. Sometimes they are. Sometimes our own mistakes and sins naturally lead straight into trials. That's the truth. But other times, God is simply preparing us for a bigger plan. If you find yourself in in a trial, and you don't know which way is up, and you have no idea why you're there, that could be God's preparation. A stunning example is Joseph in the Old Testament. Joseph's only mistake, if you can even call it that, was telling his family about the dreams that God himself had given him. The real mistakes were made by Joseph's family, by his father, who treated Joseph and Benjamin as his favorite sons and provided an atmosphere for bitterness to get into his other brother's. And by Joseph's brothers, he became jealous and bitter about Joseph's status and his dreams. God led Joseph through some fiery trials because he had a bigger plan in mind. And God kept Joseph through each of those fiery trials, every step of the way. He was planned to be killed by his brothers. He was sold as a slave to foreigners instead. He was falsely accused by his slave master's wife and thrown in prison. He was forgotten by a man who he helped in prison, who was restored to Pharaoh's throne room. He went after trial, after trial, after trial, thinking that there was going to be no deliverance, wondering about the dreams that he had and how they could have even come to pass now where he was. But all of this was preparation for delivering his family, the people of God, People who actually made the mistakes in the first place, from a horrendous famine, which would have meant the end of the nation. Joseph's life was not determined by his mistakes or by his family's mistakes. He did not look at his family and say, "I'm like this because they did that." He did not blame them for what they. I'm sure he struggled with his attitudes. I'm sure that, but he came to realise that following God was more important. He needed to let that go and he needed to trust in God and just follow God faithfully wherever he found himself. His family, the entire nation of Israel, were the ones who ended up being saved because Joseph refused to let the bitterness and mistakes of his own family become his own bitterness and mistakes. He refused to give up on God despite his circumstances and trials coming through others, people's mistakes, not even his own mistakes. If you can keep a right attitude when others have done you wrong, God can use those trials to propel you into a ministry that you have never even believed possible, but one that God has moulded and shaped you in a perfect mould for. You may be going through a difficult situation in your life right now, You may feel like you've made too big a mistake for God to be able to forgive you. There is no such thing. You may feel like you've made too many mistakes for God to forgive you. There's also no such thing. You feel like quitting right now. Like there's no point in continuing to try. Like no matter what you do, it's all going to come to nothing and will always have the same ending as it has before. Jesus is here to tell you not to give up. This trial you're going through is for a purpose. Whether it's your own fault or not, God has not finished with you. He does not get weary. He does not faint. He still loves you. He still wants you to get there to the end. Whether it was done in rebellion against God or not, God is still reaching out to you right now in this place right here. If you pick yourself up once again, God can use that failure to prepare you for greater things, for a greater purpose that you could not even conceive of in your mind right now. Yes, yes, you feel lower than the lowest right now, but he will pick you up again and make something beautiful and powerful out of the tatters and the rags of your life. You can't respond in pride. Saul tried that. It didn't work. You can't deny that you've done wrong, that you haven't made a mistake, That leads to the same end as King Saul. That leads to not being able to fulfill what God has put into your life. But when you humble yourself and let God be God in your life, then he will start to turn things around. Don't look at your situation and give up. You might feel like it's not fair. It's not your fault. So did Joseph. If you give up now, you forfeit everything that God wants to do in your life. You forfeit God's big plan for your life, which he never tells us the full picture. He never tells us beforehand. It's only when we look back and we say, wow, that's what God did. That was his plan. That's what he was preparing me for. That's why I needed to go through that trial. This trial is a preparation for something bigger. It's not the end. It is not The end. You just need to see it through and not give up, just like our tongue interpretation this morning. You will rise up with wings as eagles. You will look down on your trials and struggles like they were tiny ants. Like they were nothing from the past. But now is not the time to give up. Not if you give up now. It's not the time to give up. Now is the time to stand. To be determined to get up and walk and fight. Don't be like King Saul. Don't let your mistakes define you who you are. Don't let your past determine your future. There's no correlation there in, in God. Your past does not foretell your future in any way, shape or form. Your past is in the past. It cannot be changed. Your actions now will determine. Your future. Your response to horrendous failure and trials will determine how God can take you in his perfect plan for your life. Just don't give up on Jesus just before he powerfully delivers you. He's got deliverance in his plan, but you need to see it through. You need to keep walking. You need to keep strong. You need to keep saying, I'm not going to give up. His word says that we can make it, that we can stand, that whatever we are going through has an end. If I could get someone to the piano, please. First Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13 says, there is no temptation taking you but such as is common to man. But God is faithful. God is faithful. God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able. Will with the temptation also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Jeremiah chapter twenty nine, starting from verse eleven, says, "This was talking to a nation that was in idolatry. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you," says the Lord, "thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. There is an end." To the trial. There is an end to the situation. There is an end to the circumstance. But you need to keep walking. You need to keep following. You need not to give up. Then you shall call upon me and you shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. I will hear you. You shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all of your heart. The front of the church is open. Why don't you come and pray? Make that determination that you're not going to let trials or mistakes or the mistakes of others to keep you from fulfilling what God has for you in your life. Jesus is calling us to higher things. He has amazing, powerful plans for many in this place. But you have to stand. You have to stand. When every fiber in your body is telling you to give up, to quit, there's no use I might as well just give up now. Now is not the time to give up. When you, even your family and your friends are telling you to give up, to quit, that you're already a failure, you might as well stop now. The determination to never give up is what is going to take you through. The determination to keep a right attitude, a right spirit, is what is going to unlock the power of Jesus in your life. That determination is going to lead you to a greater plan, And purpose for your life. Don't determine your worth by your circumstances. Don't determine your worth by how you feel. That's a really bad indication. But it's how you respond right now that will determine whether you were a Saul or whether you were a David. They both made horrendous mistakes, but the difference was in how they responded to those mistakes. David was able to be used again because he did not let his mistakes define who he was or dictate to him what he was going to be from that point on. I invite you to come. Please stand. And if you want to make that determination this morning, if you feel like giving up, it's not the time to give up. If you feel like you're going through a trial and you don't know which way is up or down or left or right, Now is the time to come and say, Jesus, I trust in you. I know you've got a bigger plan. I just want to put my faith and trust in you and I'm not going to give up. I'm determined to make it through so you can use me in the way that you want to use me. Please come if the Lord